Bottle Up Podcast. It is the Observations with Big Jim. I am your host, Big Jim, and it is, as I'm recording this, Sunday, uh, November the 12th, 2023, and uh, this is Observations Podcast number 30, Um, and I do apologize. Um, It's been a couple weeks uh, since I got one of these podcasts down. Um, I kind of got out of my regular routine on it. And then I was going to hit one um, last week after our live show, and I just, uh, towards the end of the show, um, kind of started to get like a sore throat or something, and I just I just uh, didn't want to push it, um, so I wanted to get some thoughts down here um, for this one. Before I jump into the observations, I just want to remind everyone uh, about our show. You can subscribe to us, Huddle Up Podcast. Look for the Huddle Up Podcast Incorporated uh, logo on all your podcast platforms, YouTube, uh, twitch.tv slash huddle up podcast, as well as on Facebook and Twitter at huddle up podcast. You can get our merchandise at tpublic.com. Any of our locations, be it uh, social media, podcast app, all of that, um, you can hit the link for the link tree and that will get you everything and everywhere you need to be huddle up wise. If you have a podcast, uh, platform that you cannot find us on, reach out to us uh, on any social media, and I'll be happy to uh, look into that and make sure that gets taken care of. We want to make sure that we are everywhere uh, that that we need to be. And um, also, uh, if you're on any podcast platform that you can rate and review the show, please do that. Please share the show uh, with anyone and uh, everyone that you think may enjoy it and encourage them to do the same. Uh, That'll certainly help the show grow. My first observation this week, a uh, as a wrestling fan, uh, this one is a, is a classic uh, heel versus baby face. Depends what side of the uh, the fence you sit on, which one's the heel, which one's the baby face. But a a a uh, a marquee legal battle looks like it's setting up between the University of Michigan football and the Big Ten Conference. Um, the ongoing. Uh, Connor Stallion's Michigan sign-stealing scandal, um, you know, continues to be investigated. But uh, Friday night, uh, excuse me, Friday afternoon, um, the Big Ten Conference handed down a suspension um, for Jim Harbaugh uh, that he will not be allowed to coach on the sidelines or be in the uh, in the stadium for Michigan's final three um regular season games so Saturday at Penn State this upcoming Saturday against Maryland and then uh, Thanksgiving weekend at home um, against Ohio State um, the decision was handed down while Michigan was um, in the midst of traveling to State College um, in, in in the air um, uh, traveling to for the game on Saturday less than 24 hours away from when the uh, game was set to take place. Um, the timing probably could have been better, um, to, to say the least for the big 10, but felt, uh, um, you know, that, that, that handing that decision down with less than 24 hours to prepare for it. And not that I don't think Michigan was preparing, um, for that to be a possibility. Um, I certainly think that that was the case. They, they had to be aware that, um, with all the rumors swirling that, that a decision was pending, that, that there was a possibility that, um, Harbaugh was going to be sanctioned in some form or fashion. So, 
I, I don't believe that they were probably blindsided by it, but I still think it's, um, I, I think it is a bit short-sighted of the Big Ten to, to make that decision with such a short period of time uh, between when the, when it is handed down and a game is playing, especially given that it's a, uh, you know, a, a, a federal holiday, observed federal holiday where courts are going to be closed because Michigan um, did, and but it was not granted, a, a file a temporary restraining order uh, to try and have the suspension uh, not impact any of the final uh, games of the regular season or the postseason. Uh, that was not able to be heard. Uh, there was a lot of reasons uh, for it. I actually just saw a tweet uh, within the last hour um, saying that, that part of the reason why is because the Big Ten um, also found a local lawyer near Ann Arbor to uh, act as an appeal to the restraining order. And obviously with the courts being closed and it being a late day Friday drop, um, there wasn't a whole lot that was going to be able to happen. Uh, it was confirmed Saturday morning before game time that uh, that Harbaugh would not be uh, with the team uh, for that game. Uh, nonetheless, Michigan uh, got the win um, in that game on Saturday, and uh, they move on with uh, with their season with two games left. Um, but it, it, it's it, it is a obviously it's a very complicated matter. I and and uh, I am not a legal expert, nor will I ever pre, uh, pretend to be. Um, but I know, uh, in, within reading, uh, parts of the letter that was sent to Michigan from the big 10, uh, they did point out that, um, there was no, there was no evidence at all found yet, uh, that links Jim Harbaugh to any wrongdoing. Um, but they still move forward with the suspension. There was a lot of, uh, analysts that, that weighed in on it. And, um, and and have pointed out that um, the decision to suspend at this point um, could possibly violate Big Ten bylaws, but they move forward with it anyway. Again, uh, I'm, I'm presenting information as I see it uh, from people who are legally smarter than I am. So, um, you know, it's, it, is, it is, of course, it's a very complicated situation. Um, but to me, the thing that the thing that bothers me most about it um, is it is it, it is a legal matter, right? Like it, it, it is a it is a legal matter. There was uh, rules and bylaws and whatever violated uh, allegedly by Michigan in their football program. And the, the what has to happen now is there has to be. Because we know we know we know what Connor Stallions did, and he was suspended. He has subsequently been fired, <clears throat> and now the, the 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 battle and the investigation is about finding, you know, how how deep did the scouting, um, how deep did the scouting go? Uh, what coaches knew, what coaches didn't know, um, and. You know, was 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 Jim Hall, Harbaugh part of this? Were offensive coaches part of this? Were defensive coaches part of this? All of that stuff needs to be found out. But in the same time, are we not in a in a place in a world in a country? Well, I should say in a country um, where you're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. And I get it. Supposed to be. We we know how things like that tend to be unfortunately but 
uh, with the with the decision that Big Ten made, it kind of says that well, we didn't find out you were guilty, but we're going to tell you you're guilty anyway. You're not going to coach the last three games of the season. Now, <laughs> because of the um, buying a recruit a cheeseburger scandal um, during the COVID pandemic, I know it's tragic stuff, horrible stuff. How dare these? How dare these people? Uh, because of that quote-unquote scandal, um, Michigan already had some practice without Harbaugh on their sideline to start the year. And uh, and uh, so, you know, having to do this again um, maybe was a little bit easier for them than it would have been had they not had that at the beginning of the year. Um, but but in terms of, of the Big Ten and, and their decision to um, – and, and, and Tony Petiti, the new um, – the new commissioner of the Big Ten, um, kind of taking this line of of the other other schools and other athletic directors and coaches allegedly kind of forcing the hand of the conference. Um, first off, there's a dangerous precedent that's being set by catering to a mob of schools. Because what happens if or when Ohio State get acu- gets accused of something, if Penn State gets accused of something, if Illinois gets accused of something, if incoming USC gets accused of something, well, do we just need to get a group of seven or more schools to bang as hard on the door as we can of the Big Ten offices? And, well, you you, you did this against Michigan. So you have to act now. It's a it is a dangerous precedent that's being set, and and to me, and I saw a couple people bring it up, and apparently um, officials at Michigan have already had already uh, discussed this internally, per sources allegedly, right? Um, that if Harbaugh and the program were punished before due process played out that the University of Michigan is going to consider leaving the Big Ten. I'm not sitting here saying that they should. But what I'm sitting here saying is they should probably explore the idea. And they probably are. Because what you have right now, and the the uh, what was what was handed down on Friday, before again, any evidence linking Jim Harbaugh to any wrongdoing in this matter, um, you have suspended him for their two biggest games. And I, I can already hear some people saying, well, Penn State's not a big game. Penn State isn't very good. I'm not debating you that Penn State's good, but you have a road game against a just where the rankings have them, number 10 team in the country. In a hostile environment, whether Penn State is good or not, that environment is always hostile and can trip teams up. And then, in two weeks, you have a battle against, again, only where they're ranked, currently number one Ohio State, your biggest rival, who hasn't beaten you since pre-COVID, who you've beaten the tar out of the last two seasons, and, and, and you're not going to have your head coach on that sideline. 
um, because the Big Ten chose to act when they probably shouldn't have. And they and they they did so at basically the the threat by the rest of the conference. So instead of standing up for one of your biggest, longest and 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 longest uh, uh, members who and not that this should really matter, but is the number two revenue generator in your conference. Um, instead of standing up for them and saying, no, let's, let's, let's let the due process play out here. You cater to the mob and you suspend their head coach for three games. So if I'm the university of Michigan, I'm at least exploring it. I'm I don't know. I don't know how, and, and all of that, how you can get out of it, especially when, uh, season schedules are already set for next year, but I can guarantee you, um, People at Michigan are looking into it. Um, hey, Michigan fans, for years, um, I have I have heard how uh, how the the Notre Dame business model of football independence and uh, living in the ACC and all of the other programs uh, for all your other sports is uh, bullshit. But you know what, Michigan fans, we will. On, on behalf of, of Big Jim Sports, on behalf of the Huddle Up Podcast Incorporated, we will welcome the University of Michigan to football independence and uh, into the ACC. Again, I have no idea if this can legally happen, but you you have my support. Fuck the Big Ten. Um, staying in college football, uh, everybody else in college football has a Georgia problem right now. Because Georgia is finally playing like Georgia again, uh, coming off of a a, a a throttling of Ole Miss uh, this weekend. Uh, they look to be heating up at the right time. And, um, you know, we, we've, we've talked all year, uh, and rightly so, um, that Michigan, or excuse me, Georgia has not looked to be what we've come to know and expect from the Georgia Bulldogs. And it's not a slight of Georgia. It's not making fun of Georgia. It's just the reality of the fact that they have not looked to be what we expect them to be. But all of a sudden, they're starting to look to be, <laughs> um, to quote uh, the late Dennis Green, they are who we thought they were. Because they're starting to look like that team again. And and if I'm the rest of the college football world, that that's pretty scary to me. Um, a nine-point win against number 12 Missouri last weekend. A 52-17 win against Old Miss uh, th- this week. Um, Yeah, it's a little scary. Now they, they play uh, Tennessee this upcoming weekend, then Georgia Tech. Uh, they, they're already locked into the... Um, SEC title game will be Georgia and Alabama. I know, boring. Yeah, um, again, but here we are. And, uh, you know, it, it's just going to be this way again for a little bit, at least. Um, as for as for this upcoming Tuesday, now we will break down the, uh, the, 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 the latest batch 
of uh, college football playoff rankings. We'll break those down this Tuesday on the Huddle Up podcast starting at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time on the Huddle Up podcast, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch channels. Bing! Uh, uh, we will have those, uh, you know, we'll have those and, and, and react to them. But to me, Georgia should be number one. Um, everybody, you can talk about Ohio State's resume, yada, 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 bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Um, especially with Notre Dame losing, Penn State now being a two-loss team. Um, Ohio State's resume is not holding up. They should not be the number one team. Um, they should. Georgia should be number one. Michigan should be number two. Um, Washington should be number three. Ohio State should be four at the highest. Period. But it'll probably go Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and uh, Florida State because uh, the, 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 the committee has already told us what they think of Michigan, what they think of uh, Florida State, it's just a matter of will they put, will they move Georgia over um, Ohio State? Well, we will see that uh, this coming Tuesday. Uh, staying in the college football for one more, um, Penn State, the, you know, the team that uh, was dramatically overrated and uh, and lost to Michigan this past weekend, they are at a crossroads. They are at a crossroads. First off, they fired their offensive coordinator. Today, probably the right choice. Uh, the sixth, the next coordinate, offensive coordinator, I think will be the seventh for James Franklin in nine years. A um, couple have been fired, a couple have moved on to other jobs, but I'm sensing a pattern here with James Franklin. But speaking of patterns with James Franklin, he is uh, f- now 3-15 and 15 versus Ohio State and Michigan. He's 1-8 and eight against Ohio State. He's 2-7 and seven against the Wolverines. Um, but, but here's the crossroads, right? Here's the crossroads. The other side of that stat in nine seasons, and this I believe is <clears throat> not including the, the COVID year because everybody just wants, we're just pretending that, that season doesn't exist, but, uh, 82 and 32 in nine seasons. It's a winning percentage of, uh, 72, uh, taking out that three and 15 record against, uh, against Michigan, Ohio state. He is 79 and 17. So that's an 82.2% winning percentage. Uh, by the time this season plays out, James Franklin will likely have his fifth 10 win season um, in nine years at Penn State. They've had zero losing seasons. He has a Big Ten title, four AP top 10 finishes, and three New Year's Six Bowl wins. So you you hear you hear that right you hear you know seventy two percent wins okay you hear in in part of a stat eighty two percent wins over half your seasons have been ten win years you've had no losing seasons you've had a conference title top ten finishes bowl big bowl wins. And you say, what's the problem there? But again, that other side of that stat, when you look at this conference, the two best teams, okay, outside of Penn State, who is, is for the most part, in James Franklin's nine years, have probably been the third, maybe fourth, sometimes fifth best team in that conference, But three and fifteen against the best 
in the conference. Three and fifteen. Like you want to you want to talk percentages. Like I brought up the percentage of winning percentage against the other teams. 82% against everybody that isn't Ohio State and Michigan. He is 17% against Michigan and Ohio State. That's the problem. So the question is, Penn State, what do you want to be? Do you want to be a 10-win team, or do you want to be a national title contender? Because if you want to be a national title contender, you should not stop at firing the offensive coordinator. You should fire James Franklin. Because a, like, a zebra doesn't change its stripes, man. James Franklin is always going to be the guy Who's not going to win the big game? So what do you want to be? That That's the question. And I hope the answer to Penn State, by Penn State, is that they're happy with 10-win 10 10 seasons. Because they're never going to win a Big Ten. They're never going to win a national title. And... If my Fighting Irish meet them in a playoff uh, matchup as the field expands to 12, if they play them in a playoff, playoffs, or a bowl game, bowl game, (laughs) um, I'm pretty confident that Notre Dame will beat them more times than not. Because that's also going to be a big game, and we know how big game James works. Not so well if you're Penn State. What do you want to be? What do you want to be? All right, moving to the National Football League. Um, the AFC playoff field um, is is wilder than ever. And, and if you look at the field, and regardless of, of what happens with tonight's game, the Jets and the, uh, and the Raiders, which is currently a Raiders leading 16-9 early into the uh, fourth quarter, but when you look at the standings in the uh, in the AFC, every team, with the exception of New England, is within two wins of the seventh playoff spot. And the seventh playoff spot, playoffs, is currently held by the Houston Texans. Who would have guessed that ten weeks ago? Who would have guessed that nine weeks ago? Seven weeks ago. Um, But Houston, Cincy, Buffalo, notwithstanding for tomorrow, and the Colts all have five wins. The Jets, Chargers, Raiders all currently with four. Broncos, oh, the Denver Broncos, and the uh, Tennessee Titans currently have three. Um, It's insane. Um, Houston playing out of their freaking minds. Uh, these final eight weeks to, to shake out again, three wild card spots and, and the Steelers and Browns both have six wins apiece. So when you look all the way down to the Titans at three and six Steelers are f- six and three, that's only three games back with eight to go. As, I mean, that's a, that, that is a long climb. I get it. 
look around the NFL. Uh, crazier things have already happened this year. Um, look, <laughs> looking over uh, the NFC is not going to be quite as wild of a finish. Um, I'm going to sound very earnest EJ Christian-like when I say this. You can probably already lock in <laughs> the field for the NFC playoffs. Not the seating, but the field, okay? Um Eagles 8 and 1, Lions 7 and 2, Niners 6 and 3, Saints 5 and 5, uh Seahawks 6 and 3, Cowboys 6 and 3, Vikings in the 7th spot at 6 and 4. Now, the only the only one of those guys in the field, and I said that's why I said you can just about because the Saints at 5 and 5 the Buccaneers are at four and five, Falcons four and six. They're still within shot of that division. But the but I don't see, and again, I understand that there's eight weeks to go. But I don't see, and we, we went over uh, on last week's Huddle Up podcast, Bing. Um, we went over Washington's schedule and Atlanta's schedule and the Vikings' schedule. And I don't see Washington and Atlanta, especially based on what I saw today with both of those teams losing, um, doing enough to make up a two and a half or more games difference between them and the Vikings, Cowboys, Seahawks. I just don't see it. So the only spot, the only, the only, the only team in the field that to me could change is the Saints winning the South because they only lead that by a game. Um, but yeah, it's the, the, the Bucks, Washington, Atlanta, all lost today. All that's to me, really all that's left to decide is, um, can the Cowboys catch the Eagles for the division? Can the Vikings catch the Lions for the division? Can the Seahawks catch the Niners and will the South winner change? So, so to me, six out of the seven teams are pretty much locked in, figure out the seating over the next eight weeks. The NFC South is going to figure itself out either way. It sucks. So the the, the tale of the two conferences is really wild. Um, lastly, uh, before I wrap up here, the Washington Capitals, um, I think I talked about them on my last observations, and we're off to a really, really slow start with new head coach Spencer Carberry and a lot of new faces, young faces, uh, up from Washington. Um. It was not. It was not a pretty start. The first uh, three, four, five games um, were were very tough. Um, it was looking to be a very bleak, long, and ugly season. Um, but over the last eight games, that this Capitals team is starting to turn in the right direction. And now I understand. I understand with a new head coach and with a lot of different faces um, and injuries and all that stuff. Notwithstanding stuff you can't predict or prepare for. Um, it could very quickly turn back the other way, but this team is starting to play pretty well. Over their last eight games, they are six one and one. They're now up to third in the Metro Division. They 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 were literally eight games ago they were in the basement. They were the last in the Metro Division, second to last in the Eastern Conference, and they're on the move. Um, what what has been exciting for me to see is. Uh, these young players, a lot of which I have seen come through AHL Hershey over the last few years, are starting to make an impact with this team. And that's been the, one of the Capitals' biggest problems in the five 
plus seasons since they won their Stanley Cup. Uh, yeah, I always got to throw that in there. Since they won the Stanley Cup in 2018 is they have struggled to get younger. This The NHL is a much younger, faster league, and the Caps have struggled to do it. They're starting to make that move now, especially with a young coach, first-year head coach, first-time head coach, Spencer Carberry. Um, and, and these young guys are starting to make an impact. And some of these old guys are starting to get used to it. And and what sucks is Nicholas Backstrom, who's been with the Caps for uh, as long as Ovechkin has, almost 20 years, um, is taking an indefinite leave from the team uh, to to work. He had a he had a hip resurfacing uh, surgery two off seasons ago, um, and it's still causing him a lot of pain. And um, Nicholas Backstrom may have very well played his final game. Uh, with the Capitals, and if he has, it stinks. Um, uh, one of the one of the best Capitals of all time uh, will absolutely have his number nineteen retired um, someday. Um, but it's it's a shame he's not. Looks like and again, I don't I don't know for sure, but it looks like he is not going to finish out his career, um, and he's probably not going to play another game. Not going to finish out his career with Ovechkin, which was always kind of the dream hope for me. They came in together would have been great. If they got to go out together, but speaking of Alex Ovechkin, uh, with with a uh, with a power play goal and or excuse me with a, um, a even strength goal and an empty net goal last night, um, he is now sixty nine goals away from from Wayne Gretzky's record, um, and uh, for a little bit he, he hadn't scored in a in a couple of weeks uh, actually since late October and it was starting to get a little concerning. That um, it's like is he ever going to score again, or is this is this just how the the chase for for the record ends? Um, but uh, hopefully now, uh, as things are starting to gel and move in the right direction with this team, uh, he'll he'll find the uh, score sheet a bit more. Um, but I saw some people complaining last night about the fact that it was that one of the goals is an empty net goal, and people have called like empty net goals like bullshit goals. Um, first off. Last night, he has moved into a tie with Wayne Gretzky. Um, you've probably heard of him. A uh, pretty good hockey player. Um, with the most empty net goals in NHL history. So if you're bashing Ovechkin for scoring empty net goals, you are in turn, at this point, bashing the greatest goals, you know, the, the, the leading goal scorer in NHL history. So I don't I don't think the logic really tracks there. You probably want to rethink that one, bud. Um But shut the fuck up about empty net goals. Honest to God, um Alex Ovechkin has lost almost two full seasons to things that were outside of his control, okay? Um he had a season and a half pretty much lost to a lockout. And he had, uh, you know, about three quarters of his season in terms of number of games lost to the COVID pandemic because obviously the season shut down in uh, early March of 2020 and they played a shortened abridged season the following year. 
So I, I don't want to hear it about empty net goals. This guy, he would already have passed Gretzky's record if it wasn't for COVID and lockouts, things that he had no control over. He would have already already bro- broken the record. How do I know that? Because he would he lost games in his pr- the prime of his career. The season and a half, the lockouts. What the first was his first season, and then another was just a few years later. So that's how I know. He's currently still with all of that, only sixty nine goals behind. But uh, I certainly do continue to. Uh, Wishing the best of luck. Hopefully, he can uh, he can go through and uh, and and end up getting that record. But uh, that's going to wrap it up for the observations this week. Uh, again, thank you for uh, for bearing with me as I don't get these. I I, I will not get these every week. I, I hope to do them every other. Um, as you can see, sometimes it maybe every three. Um, but I appreciate you sticking with us. Um, certainly, uh, make sure you check out. Um, Huddle Up Podcast, the live show, the broadcast on Tuesday night at 8.30 Eastern Time on uh, our Facebook page, our YouTube page, and on our Twitch channel. Uh, so just go to any of the places, Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook, on Twitter, on TikTok, on YouTube, on Twitch, um, and uh, hit the link tree. It'll get you to all the channels. Subscribe, like, share, review, um Get our merchandise over at tpublic.com. Support the show. We love it. We love doing it. We love listeners. Uh, we got this show. We got um, the Fantasy Hour um, and and plenty of content on the feed. So um, we love it. We love you guys. Thank you for supporting us. Uh, we'll talk to you Tuesday on the live show. Until then, uh, have a great week.